0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the deputy chairman of Sassfin Securities, based in the salubrious surroundings of Melrose Arch, but he's in the even more salubrious surroundings of Manhattan in New York at the moment. David, how was your run in Central Park this morning?
1: Uh, no, it's lovely. You know, we're, the weather's changing, so you have no idea what it's going to be like, but it's... Uh, it's back into the 70s, as they call it, what's that, about 24 degrees here. So yes. uh, we have one hot, one cool day. But I must say the, the weather's been holding out, which makes it completely different, which is really lovely. But uh, Central Park, Central Park, millions of people, millions of dogs there, but spotlessly clean and uh, just a lovely place to run. You can get lost there. There's lots of lots of paths um, that you can take. I, I, I generally, avoid, as I get older, I generally avoid... The main run is simply because it it hurts me to see um, old woman just running past me as though I'm an old man, which I am. You know, it just makes me understand how I'm aging. See, and I look at these women. I say, how can that one? You know, took us wobbling there, running past me. I say, no. This is not true, but it is true.
0: There are 20,000 <laughs> trees. There are 20,000 trees in Central Park, David. Did you know that? 20,000 trees. I mean, this yeah. must be the most, the world's most spectacular inner city park.
1: It's very, very well kept. There's some beautiful gardens, and there are a lot of retreats. In other words, uh, foresty areas or places where, where you can go. And, uh, you know, New York, have um, they're very pet crazy, and uh, the mm. dogs are well-trained. And uh, this is a famous, you know, you dare not let them poo. Yes, uh,
0: you have to pick it up obviously. You know, on
1: the lawn, or you pick it up, you pick it up, and Mm. uh, there's special places where they let them free and run around, and that. So it's and it's very peaceful area. It's very very peaceful. They've introduced as it's got more popular. You can only ride one way. You know, you can uh, if you're on a bicycle, you can only go in one direction, and of course you get. A lot of people from uh, the Spanish countries and that who can't understand and keep going the wrong way around you know, and causing chaos. But that's in any tourist area. <laughs> I would do the same in Spain, I suppose, or in China.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, you're having fun there and you're enjoying, yeah. en- enjoying the liberty, even though that there were four homeless people smashed to death by a pipe wielding yeah. man as well in, chi- the in a Chinatown. Yeah. So it's not immune mm. from crime.
1: No, you know, it's not, it's not, but it's pretty safe. I think it's, it's very isolated. And, uh, you know, I catch trains all the time and buses and walk around in the evenings and that and never feel the same, never feel threatened, never feel the same threat as in South Africa at all. You never feel as though there's someone creeping up on you. Yes. That's the difference. But those areas would, you know, of course, they're going to be areas which attract that kind of crime. I think they're only, you know, when you consider in a city of about, uh, what's it, 10 million plus people, there are only about 3,500 homeless people in total. So that's, that's not a lot. And they tend to congregate uh, in certain areas. But this is just some kind of madman, I mean. Yes.
0: They're everywhere. Let's have a look at uh, South hey. Africa talking about madmen yeah. because clicks is up 12% today. That's I quite extraordinary. That. And the thing is, David, that I spoke to Greg Davis, to whom we speak twice a week, And he said, it was 2.37 at the time, he said, the rumor is there's some hedge funds that are short of this thing. And we had a bit of a giggle because it's always good to see hedge funds uh, not doing so well because Mm. they're so cocky. But anyway, here it is now, 2.44, 2.45. It's a really big move. And it it was a good trading update. But the other thing, apart from the hedge funds and the short-term nature of this move, is that we latch onto anything that is good news. Ten to fifteen percent was the increase projected at their last trading statement, and now it's fifteen to eighteen percent. So a company doing well, everyone says thank you very much. I'll take some of that.
1: Uh, Lindsay, it's it's hedge, it's trading territory. It's not investment territory, and I think that um, you're going to get those kind of movements. I think the market is so battered and so bashed that uh, any bit of good news will swing the market in, in different directions. I think, on balance, the market is probably short. In other words, I think more people believe it's going to go down than up. Yes. So any kind of good news is going to turn it around. You know, this is the problem is that when you look at clicks and then um, you look at the South African economy and try and understand where it is, low growth, high unemployment, debt creeping up. Um, it 's not the backdrop for ongoing increasing sustainable earnings, so yeah you can play you know it you you can play the short term you can play trading situations um, i don 't call them as we said I think I was talking last week to you when you said i don 't call them value I call them you know companies are in distress, and there's any, any sign that they 're coming out of distress is going to push them up. But be very careful. I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think that the, the, the global situation is such that we're going to see any sharp upward movement, save Trump uh, turning around and doing a deal with the Chinese. I think that's the only thing that will get markets uh, you know, into, into more positive territory or when we talk about the U.S. into high ground. So it's a difficult – we're in a, for a difficult third quarter. I think a very muted third quarter.
0: Yeah, talking about Trump. What is the mood in New York about this uh, chap who is is quite simply a native New Yorker?
1: You, you know, when when you look at, I think when we discussed with Wayne on Wednesday, you know, when you look at all the different channels, and it's going on, it goes on every day. Um, new new revelations, uh, new information coming out. Um, just just pointing to a very very difficult time, you know, for uh, uh, for Trump. Um, what it does reveal is that there's a man here whom you can't read from day to day. Um, he's got no experience in state, in uh, foreign relations. Uh, he changes his mind all the time, you know, to suit him. So it's very difficult to read him. And I think, um, you know, the, the uh, it, it's no wonder that there's so much uncertainty because you don't know what he's going to do next. And he is being caged in by impeachment, but, uh, it's it's no certainty because the Republicans, only one or two have come out against him or questioning him. Uh the majority would in the Senate would uh, would obviously vote against impeachment. But uh it is his image is you know throughout the few years, I mean we've we've always questioned him, but that's beginning to increase now. People are really wondering who's in charge of the, of the US. So I why I bring it all up is that it's it's very difficult to know what he's going to do in other situations like now when it comes to the trade talks, you know, is he gonna try to save face and put on a very strong face against the Chinese? I don't know. You don't know. You don't know where it's gonna come. The market at the moment, I see the S and P is down about a quarter of a percent. Mm. And I think this is questioning whether he's going to come out with a deal against the Chinese. I'm sure the Chinese know what kind of situation he's in and therefore it's strengthened their their hand. But but it's um, it, it, it's it's difficult to to see a clear path in markets at the moment, Lindsay. You know, and it's probably the time you just sit back and just watch
0: yes you 've just watched and and you watch with increasing interest as well There's there 's two mm. camps, and this I th- think bears out what you 've said last week about a country that is completely divided mm. and i 've been reading I read The Huffington Post and I read the Atlantic mm. and I read c n n and watch c n n and so i 'm very much skewed against Trump, but on the other mm. hand you 've got Breitbart and you 've got Fox News who are completely pro trump and you 've got this amazing yeah. bunch of people uh, Trump could murder someone. And his support base yeah. would say, "Well, it was yeah. completely justified." Uh, are yeah, you sensing mm. that d- division still oh, in New oh, York? Oh,
1: absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't think necessarily New York, but certainly in the country, you know. And and within New York, you still have people who are pro-Trump. Um, I, I let's see. I I was listening, and I think I mentioned it uh, last week. I was listening to. A talk show on the way, driving back from Boston, and mm. I was staggered by the outbursts, um, you know, of of the of the talk show host um, against, uh, in favour of Trump, in favour of Trump. And we were in Connecticut or New Hampshire, and which I always thought were, uh, you know, blue states, in other words, Democratic states. But I was staggered. It might have been a. It might have been one of these services that is, uh, you know, the CBS service that goes countrywide, whatever it is, a CBS talk show. But that's the kind of talk you get, you know, you, the kind of talk that you see in sitcoms, not sitcoms, in uh, series, you know, where you get these uh, fringe-type uh, people, you know, fringe-type politicians and that who are, you know, extremely right-wing or extremely left-wing, whichever way you interpret it, but crazy, crazy country. So I think I think it's against that. There's no one in the middle, and we're not getting sobering voices in the middle. There's 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 no one coming out and saying, uh, "Come on, you know, it's enough of this. So we've got to follow a middle path." I don't think they care about what people think of them globally, and I think they've turned the whole world against them. You know, America, and and yet I, when I say that, when I go around Central Park. Or when I walk around the area in which we are now, which is the Lincoln Center area, yeah. Columbus Circle, which is a very, very populous, uh, populous place, uh, the number of visitors from Asia is staggering. The number of visitors from neighboring countries, you know, from America, from Latin America… Um more and I don't know whether they're from Europe because I can't distinguish the different accents. Are they Spanish or are they Argentinian? You know, are they Portuguese or Brazilian? I don't know. Right. But um staggering number of people here. You know, Broadway people always packed and uh, so even even though they're losing their 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 way internationally um, in terms of uh, uh, politics i think tourists still flock to america
0: yes they do i mean it's an amazing amazing country and new york is not america of course we do know Mm -hmm. that Uh, let's come back to south africa now Uh, the clicks numbers we've spoken about Mm. I, i don't see any news i don't again i don't see these sort of political interactions that we see in the uk and in the united states of america i mean you've got a divided camp in the us we've spoken about that and very much a divided uk as well with boris johnson and the remainers uh, going head to head and i just worry about people like boris johnson and donald trump emboldening other people again we've had this discussion before but it's almost now as though boris johnson says well if donald trump can do it in other words be bombastic and, and use this Really inflammatory language, then why shouldn't I do it? And I see him walking around cocky. Do you know what's going to happen on October the 31st? The UK economy is going to fall in a heap from that mm. day. It's going to be disastrous.
1: Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the only the only good thing about that is that the UK is no longer the kind of uh, economic force that it used to be. Um, but it will certainly be disruptive. I mean, it's, it's what's it, Germany, France, UK, Italy, whatever it is, mm. um, Japan, you know, China are still significantly bigger than, than, than the UK. So I think from that point of view, um, while it might come down quite a lot, I don't know how disturbing it's going to be. It's going to be very disturbing for people living in the UK, and I, I wouldn't touch a UK-based share. You know, there, there's no. some of the companies there that are international. You know, that operate globally. Um, that one can still look at, but I mean, uh, UK, the, the Investex or companies like that who operate, who rely on UK base, uh, I'd be very, very cautious of. And it's, it's getting, it's, you know, each day we're moving closer towards that day and nothing seems to have happened. Uh, he thinks he's got a deal, but I don't think anybody else believes it. You know, the Europeans certainly don't believe it. And I think the Europeans are are getting on in their own way. You know, they're going to be hurt to an extent, but I think they're just getting on with it. Uh, If you look at their market, I know it's under pressure because there's there's not much growth in in Europe. They've got their own issues. But that's more to do with the the Germans who don't want to spend and the Dutch who don't want to spend. Um, rather than, you know, rather than UK you know, worrying about uh, Brexit. But still, um, I think, Lindsay, you know, as we talk, when you put this all together, it's no wonder we are where we are in no man's land, just drifting, because uh, you've got to work your way through through the impeachment saga, through the trade war saga, through the Brexit saga, through I don't know what's happening in Italy, through a slowing China, through the Hong Kong which is getting ugly and having effect on on companies. So when you you know when you look at the headlines, it's very very difficult to to get excited about world markets. And we're coming into the third quarter uh, earnings season. No one's expecting much there. Um, you know from from what we've seen, I think it's going to be. Uh, you know, it, it, it'll it be in line with expectations, which is a negative, you know, which is negative earnings or a slowdown compared with where we were last year, where we're still benefiting from the tax cuts. So, um, you know, brace yourself uh, just, just for, for tough times.
0: Yeah, I was watching an interview on BBC Breakfast over the weekend, and there's a politician who's just gone in, independent. And it was very interesting because he said that what he's seen and the reason he's gone independent is because the... Rory Stewart, that was his name. Rory Stewart, he's going to run for London mayor as an independent candidate. He says, I cannot be involved anymore in party politics. He said that when he sat in cabinet meetings, he was a member of the cabinet, for goodness Mm -hmm. sake, one of the highest offices in the land. In fact, it doesn't get any higher. And he said that the, the level of knowledge... And the level of seriousness was so low that he just thought, what am I doing here? He said, these people don't take their job seriously anymore. And you see that every single day in the house of commons, Mm -hmm. when people are bickering with each other and (coughs) shouting and laughing, and he said, people didn't know what they were doing. And he was very scared by this. And I just wonder if politics is now becoming a bit of a, a bit of a game rather than something that people take as not only a, a, a job or a career, but also as a vocation. They don't, they don't do that anymore. No, and Trump no, is perpetuating no. that no. sad state of affairs. Well, politicians, the
1: whole democratic system was that you represented an area and you represented the, uh, um, the needs of that particular society. You know, if you were in a little suburb, uh, you would turn to your, your um, representative to represent you in, parli- in, in parliament. You know, if the water wasn't, uh, if you never had water, you never had electricity, or there was no, there was crime, whatever it is, that was their job. That's gone. Now you're just uh, a safe seat. They decide that uh, wherever you live is a safe seat for the conservatives, and you get voted there, and you have ambitions of becoming prime minister or something. You don't want to do the dirty work of being a politician, and I think it's the same here. I, I think certainly in South Africa, if you look at the quality of our politician, it's so poor. Mm. And it's driven by uh, the idealism rather than the need to actually lift the country. And I think that to an extent, if here you do turn to your representative, you know, even the the fire chief is, is, is elected, the mayor or whoever, all civic jobs here are elected. And so there is a certain sense of responsibility the mayor of New York, um, if there's a traffic jam or if the trucks are not out fast enough when it starts snowing, yes, he, he feels it. But uh, go beyond that, go beyond the mayors and uh, you know, various civil politics. Then if, then it's along party lines where you dare not vote against uh, Trump. So if you stand out against Trumps with elections coming, what do they do? They put someone else against you. They find someone else who is pro-Trump to stand up against you. And the last thing you want to do now is lose your job. You've just been elected. The last thing you want to do is 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 lose this cozy cozy thing This simply because you're you followed you followed your principles or you followed your moral compass and said, you know, I can't stand up for this. And that's why there's so much silence now, I think, in you know, the Republican public people are battling with with, uh, with what to do. But but you're right. You know, Lindsay, what you're saying is that, that politics is they no longer representative of the people. I keep saying Every politician gets up and says, talks about the American people, you know, the American people. I said, well, who are these American people and and who are you to talk for the American people?
0: Yeah, uh, You see there I'm are certain saying, jobs David I mean financial services is not one of those jobs because financial services people <laughs> yeah. want to make money and there's nothing wrong with that of course but if you're a nurse yeah. or a teacher or you're a fireman or you're a policeman or indeed a politician mm. you should be doing it because it is a vocation rather than a career or a job I, and you can't get that anymore. Mr. Trump is for one person. He's not for the GOP, the grand old party no. he's not for Republicans, he's not for the United States, he's for Donald Trump yeah. and it is becoming yeah. more and more onerous no. for the future of the Republican Party and also for every single yeah. citizen, not yeah. only in the United States, but the world. Yeah. He is going to destroy everything. And he's, he's off the rails now. No,
1: I, I, you, know, you, as a, you would agree with that. And I would agree with that. The problem is that uh, most people who are, feel disenfranchised or disaffected don't you know, feel that he's standing up for their rights. And to an extent, there's another argument, and it's it's yes. an interesting argument. It's elitism. Uh, a lot of people are against the elitists, uh, you know, that occupy these high positions in parliament or in in uh, politics. And I think there is a a, a move against them, you know. For, and I think to an extent, uh, Trump dislikes them. Although he went to Wharton, so you know he does belong to that school. But I think there's also a move. Where this is where the Democrats have also got to get off their little pedestals and start moving towards the centre, and uh, I think people view them as an elitist party, which is strange. Um, So I think I think the Democrats also got to take an inward, you know, look at themselves and stop being. um, if, 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 if If you look at some of the Democrats and that are very highfalutin, very intellectual. Very, um, they've got to learn to fight like uh, fight like Trump and come down a step or two, and use the same language if they want to get the people behind them as well. Yeah, but, but I, but, but you know, I, to me, it's it's fascinating, but. But it's uh, you, you. It's very questionable what the motives are and what the real motives are, and what, what democracy stands for. And I'm not going to get into a conversation because I haven't got the answers. But uh, it baffles me, having held, always having held up the you know, the Americas in such high esteem, and always being proud of them. Now you, you look at them now and say, yeah, Do you really want to stand up when Trump walks into a room? You know, you stand up for the position as you said, mm. you know, for the, but, but, hello. You yeah. know, it's, it's, this is what it's come to, you know, you swear allegiance to the flag all the time. Hello, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, It is very, very difficult to to, to fathom. And uh, the the most difficult thing to fathom is how it will end up. And I speak to people that I speak to every single day on this this podcasting site. And there are people that just say, oh, well, look at the jobs rates, three and a half percent, 50 years. Yes, very good. Well done. But that's been going on for 10 years now. Uh, The job (laughs) rate has been going up every single year. And Um. the, the other thing is, well, look at the tax cuts. Anyone can cut taxes I and mean, if you want to be a populist and you want to help yourself I, in other words donald trump who hasn't yeah. d- has submitted any tax returns for eight no. years or something then of no. course you're going to cut taxes that's why he wants the no. fed to cut rates because no. he's in no. so much debt so he wants no. cheaper finance it's all to do with him i despair Possibly. david i want to go and grow vegetables somewhere and you'll be on the farm I next to me right. you'll grow chickens no, and I i'll give you my turnips right.
1: I think I think you get into that kind of situation. I think what America's got to do now, and I think what he's preventing them from doing is that if you want to fight the Chinese, and you know we mention the Chinese because they're a big threat to America, uh, and they're a threat because of innovation and because of their hard work. You know that's that's really what they're ignoring, and I think America's actually got to get back to becoming an innovative nation. Uh, the people who uh, who invented computers, you know, who introduced the Apple Watch, who have introduced so many innovations—that's um, where they've got to focus. And I, I believe it's the focus is moving away from that. How to improve productivity? How to increase productivity? So yes, I buy the Jobs numbers because people, um, you know, everybody's got a job now, gets a bit of dignity, and has got money that comes in on a regular basis and can go out and spend it, no matter how small. But um, I think the problem in order to grow now with population growth kind of steady is to improve, uh, is to become a lot more innovative. And I don't know, you know, there doesn't seem to be a sense of that. And that's improve the universities, improve research, improve companies, American companies to, uh, to innovate. Yes, they can sell their innovation as they did with Apple and various Google and so on. But it seems they're moving away from that, and that worries me. You know yeah. that 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 there's no new product. You understand? You know, there's nothing new coming onto the market, um, like we saw in the last ten, fifteen years. There's nothing new that's happening there in America, and that's where they should be focusing their their efforts, not on, you know, not on uh, trying to kill the Chinese in trade.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've been ranting on, and uh, I get very angry when. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching CNN and and reading mm-hmm. The Atlantic and Huffington Post every no. single day because it's starting to affect my daily life. So thank you for but, calming me see, down. But it's
1: real. That's real. Hey. No, it's real. Don't, you know, that's real. You can't just turn away. You can't turn your head against it. No. And I'd rather you read that than watch Fox News. Huh? Yeah,
0: because
1: <laughs> that 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 will really put you into a temper. You know? <laughs> so.
0: But do you do you watch it in the morning?
1: Oh god. I just from time to time, it's mad. I just I can't turn it off. It's it's so bigoted it and so biased. And uh, but listen, they've got listeners. You can't ignore that. What are you, you do doing at the moment? At the I know absolutely. you're on holiday.
0: I know you're on holiday and running, and it sounds just like you're having a fantastic time. And I know you love New York as I do very much indeed. Much family time, yeah. yeah but mm, are you l- looking yeah. at the markets? You obviously are. are I you do do doing look anything? At the
1: markets every day.
0: No,
1: yeah. no, no. I, I, I'm. Must admit that I, markets are holding much better than I thought they would, and that's only because we're in a low inflation, low growth, um, you know, low interest rate environment. So there's nowhere to go, and I think that's why markets are just bumbling sideways. So you neither want to buy nor do you want to sell. So, but um, I'm digging for for opportunities, and and I'm a little. At the moment, I can't find anything that really dumps out at me. But uh, you keep looking, you know, keep looking. But but I must admit, um, I haven't done anything for some time now. Um, there's nothing, you know, nothing exciting to do at the moment, and you've, you've got to respect that. That sometimes, you know. Don't just deal for the sake of dealing. Just pull out, you know, just uh, learn to do nothing.
0: David, thank you very much. Oh, no, we haven't t- spoken about football, have we? What a terrible weekend for the city of Manchester. <laughs> I, c- I cannot believe that Manchester City lost 2 0 at home to Wolves, almost I, bottom of the table. I was astounded at that game. I, I didn't
1: watch, you know, it's not not easy to get soccer here. You know, so I didn't, uh, you, you get the occasional watch a match, but I was staggered. Uh, I did watch Man United, though, who are pretty terrible. Just, I think if They're you're awful. a United fan, I think if you're a United fan or if you're a Spurs fan, you're in big trouble. Both of those teams look terrible. They look absolutely shocking. I just watched Spurs capitulate um, against Brighton. Against Brighton. Mm. Uh, I didn't see the wheels. And, I, and I, watched the, I watched the Man United huff and puff against uh, you know, Newcastle. Mm. Uh, um, really, it's just got nothing. So, it's it's pretty tough for those supporters. I can't see management lasting. I don't know what they've got to do. I don't know what what magic wands they're going to have to wave. But I see Pochettino and and uh, probably Solskjaer, both of
0: those out. Gone by Christmas. Uh, man,
1: yeah. And, and listen, all credit to, to Liverpool. I watched that game. I watched. I, I just looked and I saw on the 94th minute, I thought, oh, no. You know, I wanted them to draw. I just wanted them to a terrible
0: somewhere. decision from the referee. Okay, know, there was a slight amount of context. But, I mean, the, the I know, guy jumped through hoops. He threw himself. I know. Of course he did. I know.
1: That's, that's, anyway, and that's, but that's, you're not going to change the result. And uh, you know, Poor Leicester, because credit to Leicester. They're playing good soccer. They're trying hard.
0: And um, pity.
1: And Arsenal, I didn't see the game. I didn't see. It, but, did uh, I? But they
0: beat Bournemouth one uh, then, so it's a win. Another win, and they're, they're up there I again. Know. I know,
1: but wanted a little more convincing. Look, they've been playing convincing soccer. Must they? They the youngsters against Leeds were pretty good, but um, they're holding. So I'm quite satisfied with where they are at the moment, and I just hope they can keep it. Been a grinding out result,
0: and of course, the, the big game over the weekend was Fleetwood Town versus Ipswich Town in the th- <laughs> in the third division. Ipswich now eleven games undefeated at the top of the third division. Oh, wonderful! Eight wins and three draws, and they beat the mighty Fleetwood Town in front of six thousand people, one nil. So another <laughs> another mob marve-
1: another well, marvellous weekend.
0: Town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where is Fleetwood Town? It's near Blackpool, actually. It's on the northwest coast of England. And um, yeah, it's. Northwest, it, okay. It, northwest, yeah. I mean, up yeah, between, yeah, it's, it's, it's close to Manchester on the coast. You know, you know Blackpool, Blackpool yeah. Tower, yeah. It's an old. Yeah, I know where Blackpool is, yeah. Yeah, it's an okay. old seaside resort. So which went there okay. and, uh, and took the town to pieces. It's fantastic. David Shapiro <laughs> is the deputy chairman of Sassoon Security, sometimes in Johannesburg, but mostly these days in Manhattan. And that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.